Hello, internets, and welcome to the Angry Millennial Podcast. I'm Kenna Klosterman, your host. Oh, no, wait. I'm not your host for this one. I'm your guest. (laughs) Handing it over to Jose and Stevie. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Angry Millennial Podcast with your host, Jose Rosado, and co-host, Stevie Chris, where we talk to creatives and entrepreneurs from all walks of life and passions about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Be sure to check out our site, theangrymillennialshow.com, and sign up for our newsletter to be eligible for prizes and giveaways, as well as stay up to date with new shows and upcoming guests. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, who doesn't love really well-designed photography clothing? Check out clickgearclothing.com, a lifestyle for urban photographers. All Angry Millennial listeners can use coupon code ANGRYPHOTO to receive 20% off any order. And the first three people who sign up for our newsletter after the show will get a free $25 gift card. Now guys, be sure to also check them out on Instagram at clickgearclothingltd. What's going on, AM Nation, and welcome to the Angry Millennial Show. Today we have the host of Austin Silver Now and entrepreneur, Austin Silver. Austin, thanks for coming out, man. How's it going, man? I'm glad to be here. Glad, glad. So, uh, you know, real quick, I mean, let's let's get into kind of how we came, how we even came into touch with one another um and 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 all that and i know a little bit later we're going to talk about you know wrecking and all that kind of stuff but uh but why don't you get into it real quick and then we'll we'll hear more about how you how you got your start sure so we really um we were connected originally through one of the founders of reckon jared dykus um or dick ass i'm not sure how it's pronounced <laughs> um but he uh jared's a really cool guy I, I appreciate everything he's been doing for me and and the group and everything but he's really got this knack and he's like what 18 or 19 he's got mm-hmm. this knack that he just has a vision of how he can put different people together that would never normally know each other but then right. once he puts them together they seem to create pretty awesome things um i know that you guys have a lot of fun stuff that you guys work on together i know you have a lot of stuff going on with reckon as well so jared just seems to be able to kind of form these relationships for people sometimes forcefully and then suck <laughs> all of the valuable content out of the relationship as possible. So I'm right. it, it really is working. So it, and I'm glad it worked out for me. And, you know, I'm really glad to be on the show. I know you have some really, um, really, you know, top notch guests that you've had on here. So I feel kind of honored to be on here. So it's worked for me and I think it's going to continue to work for him and the Reckon network too. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So tell us about how it all started for you. Was it creatively or was it just the entrepreneurship? You know, what, what kind of, uh, came first? Um, it was definitely creatively first. I've always like been a creative person. I think even though I, I don't, when I look at myself in the mirror, I don't really see creativity at its finest. Right. Um, no berets, exactly. no, uh, no vests. Right. No long cigarettes or anything. Like that. <laughs> um, but I've, I've always been a creative when I look back on it, you know, mm-hmm. play music and, uh, I've played many, I can play many different instruments. Um, I've always, you know, been into like making movies on, you know, Apple movie or whatever it was called. iMovie. Always oh, playing nice. around with things nice. like that. And um, it really, once I got the taste of what it was like to make money and also work for yourself and, and never really have someone telling you what to do, mm-hmm. just a matter of, okay, how can I put these two things together? And that's where I'm going to find the most, you know, valuable stuff for myself. Right, 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 right. Nice. So tell me a bit about, I know you had that, that DJ business um, that I, I know is still around. 
but but you started you know and you and grew ever since uh since high school for you so what, what what was tell me a little bit about that um you know what was your involvement like and i know since then you know and we'll get into it too you, you've kind of stepped away a little bit and like given up the reins a little bit so tell me what that was like for you because I, I know that's, that's not easy to kind no. of step away from from something you built right so it was it was it was an interesting situation across the entire board because what we had was yes it was a company because there was three of us and there was money coming in and money going out there was no real llc there was no real you know legal binding paperwork behind the business but mm-hmm. i had these guys that we were going around local towns in south jersey doing house parties or birthday parties or anniversary parties for a couple hundred bucks here or there and we were making cash and everybody was happy um and it got to the point where I didn't know enough about business to turn it into a real business because I was still mm-hmm. at this time like 17 or 18. Right. Um, I was not, I was not in, an, in an environment conducive to teaching me the things I needed to learn to turn it into a business. So mm-hmm. it kind of um, for a while fell to itself and, and really just was sitting there for me. And I, w- I, w- I wasn't pushing it as hard as I should have been if I wanted to treat it like a business. And I was just really fortunate when I got the opportunity to work with a bigger company and, and, and start working with them. Um, and that's, you know, really been the focus the past three years now start going on my third year with them. It's been just really, really great over there because what they've allowed me to do is, excuse me, reach more of a client base and also provide for that client base on a much more comprehensive level. As far as the entire event planning, not just showing up the day, but you know, the hour or two before and playing some music. Right, right, you know, right, right. It's really become a process. And and that showed me that, you know, when I first got into being a DJ, why do you get into being a DJ? Because you like the spotlight, you know, you like all the girls talking to you, like all that shit. Right, like, right. When it, when once I got into this side of it and I see the impact that you can have when you can offer clients some of the things that we can offer and you mm-hmm. put good customer service behind that, then it all kind of fell into place. And it's like, it's not about me. It's about what can you create for this family, create for this person, whatever kind of event it is, and mm-hmm. make it really, really special and unique to them and, and unforgettable. So right. it, it definitely took a huge shift. But on top of that, I think it's also because some of the creativity that I've had earlier in my life was clouded by the stupid crap that you do in high school. You know, you go out and you're yeah. drinking and you're doing whatever you're doing and, and then just being right. stupid. And that clouds right. a lot of things. It, it can actually change who you are as a person. I yeah, see. no, I mean, you, you said it. I mean, it, to me, it's, you know, that's just something that's just, it's called life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're in high school and you're fucking dumb and, and, and you, you make a lot of mistakes and, and that's almost, you know, it, 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 as cliche as it is, it almost just has to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and you almost have to go through that and say, okay, because of X, Y, Z, you, you learn, you know what I mean? And, and it's, it's, uh, you know, even now as I'm older and, and a parent, it's, it's kind of like that too. And I'm learning that sense of it where, you know, as a parent, you want to protect your kids and you don't want things to happen to them. But at the same time, uh, you know, you, you do have to literally let them fail. You know, you have to let them Absolutely. make the mistakes, fuck up, and then literally say, oh shit, okay, I, 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 I now... You could have told, I could have told them and you know it. We both have parents and been kids. Mm-hmm. You I could tell you that you're blue in the face, you're gonna this is not a good idea. You're still gonna fucking do it. If you want to do so, it, you're still gonna do it. Especially right. if you're not to do it. You're still gonna right. do 
but even more now, right? Right, right, right. I'm in the same situation. So I have a younger brother, um, and my dad is, you know, worried that he's not going to end up, you know, in the right. He's going to fall through the cracks or whatever's going to happen to him. And I keep telling my dad, I'm like, listen, you you can't. There is there is no such thing as parenting perfectly, right? So right. when you have a child that might want to do something that isn't, you know, what a 15 year old child should be doing. Mm. You have to draw a line and make rules and show respects to those rules. But there's also plenty of times while still having structure and while still having rules that the child, that the kid boy or girl can fail and learn something from it. I'm big on that. For example, my younger brother was supposed to come work with me at the DJ job two, three weeks ago, something mm-hmm. like that. It was an all day thing. We were doing set up at 9 a.m. party, seven to midnight, breakdown till 3 a.m., like an all day thing. And I said to him, Hey, I can get you paid. You can make a little bit of money, which he isn't making right now because he's 15 or 16. And it, it, you'll be hanging out with me and my friends. It'll be fun. Come. He said, Okay, great. I'll, you know, call me in the morning to wake me up. And I said, Okay, I'll call you once. If, if you don't answer, you're not coming to work. You missed right. work. Right, right. Called him once, no answer. Call him again a half an hour later, no answer. And then I left and I went to work. He calls me three hours later now that he's woken up. <laughs> at fucking noon. You know, at fucking noon, like a typical 16 year old. And he's right. like, Did I miss it? I'm like, Yeah, you missed it. <laughs> so, so I, I let him fail. And when my dad called me and said, hey, why didn't you come pick up Logan? I said, because I called him once. He didn't think it was a priority enough to set an alarm to come to work with me. He decided to stay up late talking to his girlfriends or whatever he's doing. And now he missed work. So he learns a lesson there in that he needs to put his priorities first, not get distracted by the nonsense. And I'm hoping mm-hmm. that if I can s- slowly teach him those lessons over the next like three to four to five years, that by the time he's my age, he's 10 times smarter than I am. Right. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, that's, that's really all you can do. You know what I mean? All you can do is just, like I said, it just, it just kind of let them make those mistakes, let them screw up. And then, you know, again, just hope that it, you know, it, it, it holds, you know what I mean? And they, and they get it and they go, Oh, okay. But in some ways, in some ways I think that there's so much more value to them saying, Oh, I did fuck up and now Mm -hmm. I see why. Then them fucking up and then the parent coming and like hitting them or screaming at them and, and, and doing things right. like that where you, there's no value there. What do we say in business all the time? You never fail. You just learned a new lesson, right? We always mm-hmm. say that to, you know, that's the entrepreneur cliche quote, right? But mm-hmm. that can apply to, the, to, to your children as well. And if you instill that into them at a young age, then right. yes, you did fall. Well, why did you fall? You know, whatever happened, mm-hmm. you didn't fail at this. Why did you do it? How do right. we fix it? If you instill that mindset in them younger, at a younger age, I think that they would probably turn out to be like, better versions of you and me. You know what I mean? That they understand that 10 years before I understood it, five years before I understood it. Even as the sooner you can understand that there's never really a failure, you're just learning something. I think that there's value there. Yeah. 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 You said it. I mean, and that's something that, you know, most parents kind of, uh, struggle with, you know what I mean? You, you want to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to be, um, open with your kids and, and, and have those kind of, um, you know, talks and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like you said, uh, not make it where they're just getting reprimanded and getting chewed out all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that's, you know, I try to be like that with my son, you know, Riley, he just, he just, he's pretty headstrong, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I literally tell him like, dude, you know why? Like you're in trouble, right? You know, like, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Remember when I told you to stop doing that thing and you kept doing that thing. Remember I told you like three times to stop doing that thing. <laughs> And remember how this is like the 15th time we're having this exact conversation? <laughs> like, I'm like trying to tell him this shouldn't come as a surprise. You should be putting these pieces together to Absolutely. pick up on the fact that, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. 
Um, but you know, again, it's just, that's all you can hope. And especially when they're younger, younger, it's, it's real tough, you know, but, um, but hopefully, you know, you have, you you make an impact and it takes a while. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was thinking about it yesterday. I was getting interviewed, um, for, for a show and it was actually, it took a, not like a weird turn, but it ended up, they ended up talking about, um, uh, ended up talking about, uh, parenting right so like not only being a parent now but like how my father was with me and and i'm sitting there and i'm I'm listening to the guy and we're talking and i said like yeah like don't get me wrong like me and my my parents have a great relationship you know however my dad was not very emotional like in terms of showing affection yet he was like had a short fuse you know mm-hmm. and but at the same time never once growing up did i ever think or not know my dad, my father loved me. But I said, he was short. Like I got yelled at, you know, like he had his, he blew up and, and, but at the same time, I, I've noticed even back then that he would do things with me that he didn't have to do. Like, you know, taking me to baseball, taking me, like help me with football stuff and help me with this and, and take me to race car uh, events and, and hanging out together and doing that kind of thing. But when, but when you get to be a teenager and you're in college, it like, it, I was never like, I never had a rebellious phase. Like my parents were good about that. We were, we had an open relationship. We talked about a lot, but I was just wrapped up in my own shit. You know, that's what happens. You know what I mean? Like you, you get you, your self identity gets big, your uh, ability to really kind of um, be aware about your insecurities and all that gets big. So like you're working on that, you're in your own head a lot. And it's not to say that you don't, love your parents or you don't want to be open with your parents. It's just, you got your own shit going on. And, and yeah. I think and that, that yeah. gets different for everybody as well. And right. one thing that I wanted to chime in before you, you, yeah. you change the subject is I've noticed that I've become more affectionate towards my parents as I'm getting older. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, where my dad and I, I like there's probably a year span, maybe more where we wouldn't even hug each other. We would like do like a bro handshake or like pound fist and that's it. And like almost like being really honest, it was almost uncomfortable, like awkward. Like why aren't we hugging? Why? You know what I mean? Right. Um, And that had a lot to do probably with what was going on in our family with my mom at the time. But now I say, I love you. Every time I hang up the phone, I hug and kiss my dad on the cheek. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I hug him every time I see him. Cause you know, I think that, you get older and things get put into perspective. And now I'm getting to a point where I'm busy enough throughout the day. Like, look, I had to bring my microphone to my buddy's apartment today because, you know, I got to take meetings, but we want to get everything done in a day. Well, where's my family time in that? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like my grandfather's going in for a, a small procedure in two weeks and he's he's like 86 years old. So small procedure is still a procedure, right? Mm. I want to, I wish I had more time to go hang out with him right now and spend time with him. Cause I know that, you know, he probably had me doing some type of handiwork around the house on something that was perfectly fine before I touched it. But then he saw it be fixed. And then of course we're working. Right. So I think that as you get older, things start to get put into a much, much bigger of a perspective. And that's what I'm trying to also get through my dad's head about my younger brother, that while my younger brother is treating my dad like a piece of shit, my younger brother is an asshole. He's mm-hmm. also at that phase in his life. Right. You know, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. And yeah. I, I'm like, dad, he doesn't resent you. He doesn't hate you. I hated you too when I was 16 and you wouldn't let me go hang out with the girls or go yeah. to the beach with my friends. You know what I mean? Right. It's, just, it's all part of the process. Yeah. 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 No. And, and it's true. I mean, and it wasn't and just like clockwork. It wasn't until I was in my twenties, you know, and out of school that I was like, Oh wow. Like I always liked my parents, but now like I can hang out with my parents and exactly. like, you I went know, to the casino with my dad. 
Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, and then suddenly your parents are like your best friends, you know what I mean? And, and that's a great place to be, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be when, you know, you have a family of your own, but a little bit of it is when you're at least adulting a little bit on your own, you know, when, when you're, when you're going through this stuff through college and, and you're out of the, and suddenly you're, you're looking for the, like, you know, which we'll get into a little bit later too, you're like the mentor, you know, in your life and, and, and advice on stuff and, and stuff that kind of scares you. So I didn't ask you last time, who's your yeah. biggest mentor? Ah, that's a good one. Um, I would say, and you're going to laugh because I'm actually writing an article about some of the reasons why you need to have a mentor, <laughs> but honestly, probably my dad, you know, like I, I obviously want to, I want to we say, right. I want to say like, you know, Chase Jarvis or something like that or other people, or right. Or I align myself with. But, but on a the, personal yeah. level, like a real level, like I, I, when people tell me that they're like, that Gary Vaynerchuk, a person that they've never met in real life is their mentor. I kind of get it, but I think it's more of the, they're using the wrong term to me. He's right. An, he's an influencer of your life. He's not right. influencing, you know, your decision on who you're dating. He's an influence of your career. Right. However, my dad is my mentor, my top mentor, because dad, I need business help. He's there. Dad, I need personal life help. He's there. Dad, I need financial help. He's there. You know what I mean? That's what a mentor does. A mentor catches you when you need it. Right. Yeah. And I I was going to say, like, to me, I don't have as much as I I know those guys and I talk to them. Mm -hmm. It's not that, right? It's not that kind of relationship where I can sit there and say, like, I'm always bouncing ideas off of them. We go on, we have calls together, we go out for drinks together. So it's not that. But, you know, are they people that I align with and I respect? Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so in that sense, so switch gears a little bit, mm-hmm. um, with your Austin silver now YouTube show, yes, uh, you're tackling something that many young people struggle with, you know, personal finances. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it's, to me, it's, it's something that finally is hopefully starting to be really kind of talked about, you know, the last few years, it's been a hotly debated topic, you know, people saying we need to do more to educate young people in high school or even middle school about these very basic things, you know, car loans, credit card debt, how it works, you know, savings, mortgages, like, but all that don't, they don't get prioritized at all over Pythagorean theorem and like photosynthesis. I literally you know what I mean? like, this last night. I'm like, yeah. I know the Pythagorean theorem, but like yeah. I, I barely passed algebra. So what is that? Yeah. Really, you know? Exactly. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you're sitting there being like, uh, I feel like I should have had a little more emphasis on a lot of the other things that affect me daily on Maybe a very you serious open a bank account. Right. Maybe. Maybe. Right. That's important. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, tell me a bit about that. You know, tell me a bit about the show, what you're trying to do with it. Um, you know, and, and I want to say congrats on, on finally pulling the trigger on the show and, and thank you. And you got to tell me too, after you tell me about the show, what finally put your ass in gear? Yeah. Um, so the start of the show was because of Gary. Gary, I, I like, in layman's terms, I fell in love with his concept of the way he was generating content and using the context to share it with people. Mm-hmm. So I started almost studying him. I watched all of his old keynotes. I watched everything that I could on him because this guy to me was the father of video marketing. Mm-hmm. This guy was on YouTube selling wine before anyone else even realized what YouTube was. It's kind of a big deal. Right. So I start to decide that 
well, at the time I was working as a financial advisor, which I don't know if you and I have talked since I quit that job, but I'm no longer working there. Um, I'm actually starting my own business. So it ties into the show as well. But I was working as an advisor and trying to sell life insurance and investments to other 21-year-olds and at the time 20-year-olds isn't flying, right? So I needed to come up with some type of, um, of another form of marketing. So I was like, well, look, I'm studying these videos. Video marketing is clearly the future. 2019, 2020, video marketing is going to be huge. Right. So you said it is now. It it is now. It's growing every day. You'd rather watch a video than read. Everybody would. Don't, you know, don't admit that you're not lazy because we all are. Right, right, right. Visuals are stimulating. Right. Clear visuals with good audio, you got them even more then. You know what I mean? I get people that'll tell me they watch my show just because of how clear it is. They're like, yeah, I like your content, but your camera's incredible. What kind of camera do you have? And I'm like, you're missing the point, but I'll, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point, I don't even, you know, but whatever. But what really got my, you know, kicked my ass into the show was my friends who were supportive of the idea. Um, But like, I would go to parties that I was DJing or I'd be hanging out with friends. I'd be like, hey, I'm thinking of starting this YouTube show and I want to base it around personal finance and entrepreneurial um, tendencies and, and, and business ideas and things like that and really just kind of generate good, you know, thought-provoking content. What do you think about that? And everybody was like, awesome. No one's doing that. That's a great idea. You should do it. And that's all right. I really needed. And at that point, this is all, then I'm, I've also internalized other things from Gary where it's stop giving a fuck about what everybody else thinks and just listen to your head, trust yourself. You have your brain. You are you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I believe in that so much more than I think any other principle in just like life in general. Mm -hmm. And the fact that someone else who isn't you is going to have the balls to come and tell you that you can't do something. Like they don't know what's going on inside your brain. They don't know what you've been through. They don't know what you have in the works. They don't know anything about you. And even if they do, what gives them the right to tell you no? Yeah. So once, once I understood that my dad was like, what are you doing with the show? Right? Come on, man. You could just sell the life insurance. I'm like, no, this deserves time. And everybody was like, no, no, don't do the show. Don't. Some people were for it. Some people were against it, whatever it was. But I was like, what comes down, what the matter of fact is, is what is my head telling me to do? And every time I would think that, the first thought would be go. Mm-hmm. Just go. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and stop thinking about it. And that was what, like one of the guys sitting here with me now, my buddy Jake, he helped me film when I first was getting started with it because I didn't have the nice camera that you could film yourself. And Jake would be like, stop overthinking it. Just talk to the camera. Give these people good information. Let's record this episode and let me go eat dinner. So, and, and, and I joke about it because I would, you know, drag him from, we, we live far away and I would make him come help me and I'd make all of my other friends come and get involved. But that also left it like, would be used for accountability for myself as well. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's gotten difficult because as I've quit that job and now we're going to kind of come bring this full circle here, I quit the job and people were going to, were wondering, well, what's going to happen with the show? Can you not talk about personal finances anymore? What's going on now? The show is still about bringing good personal finance advice. It's still about good bringing good entrepreneurial advice, but it's also focused on the new business that I started and everything going on there because that also ties into personal finances. Everything that I do has to do with finance because I love the industry itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I just decided that it was time for me to do something on my own rather than follow a little bit more of a beaten path. Right, right. Nice. So t- if you can, is, can you tell me a little more about the new company? Or- oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we, um, so I was studying for my series seven with the new company, with uh, Mass Mutual when I was working for them. And I fell in love with the idea of trading, not investing. Mm-hmm. Investing, you're trying to get 6% a year. Traders are getting sometimes six to 20 to 30% a day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm 20 years old. Why am I trying to get 6% a year and just l- retire comfortably like everybody else? Right. And then I'm like, on top of all of that, I like to think of myself as a creative. I like to think of myself as innovative. So right. I should be taking risks. So 
I start to trade on my own at home and I don't trade stocks. I couldn't get into stocks because of all the regulations that they have. I don't want to, you know, we don't need to go into all the, the minor mm-hmm. details, but there's, there's a lot of regulations if you have less than $25,000 of starting capital. And I didn't want anyone else's money to get this business started. My dad mm-hmm. wanted to chip in. My friend's parents wanted to chip in. I said, no, because they all saw that I was making money. But I said, no, I don't want anyone else's help. This is on me. I don't want anyone else financially responsible if I fail. Because mm-hmm. failure is okay. You know, and I'm right. cool with that if I fail. Yeah. So I start trading on my own. And all of a sudden, I'm making more money trading on my own than I'm making working at Mass Mutual. And then I'm making more money trading on my own than I'm making at my DJ job. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. Why am I even giving other things time if all of the money is coming in from something that's part-time? What, right. What's, what's going to happen when I give it a full-time attention? So- now, I mean, literally as we speak behind you right now on the Skype screen, I have my charts up because I'm always watching. So now what I'm doing is I'm educating people on Forex because we trade foreign exchange. That's what Forex is. Um, the startup cost to get involved is fractional compared to the 25 grand you would need to really have freedom in the stock market or the options market or the futures market. And on top of all of that, I work with a great company called Wealth Generators that provides really great Forex education for people. And on top of all of that, I've organized it into a local group on Facebook and um, in person as well called Lifestyle by Design because I don't want people to come into working with me and working with the leaders that I'm trying to develop in our group and think that it's a get rich quick, that you just learn to trade and then your money's going to come in. It's not like that. I tell everybody it's a skill set just like you know basketball or soccer or any other sport where in, we're going to play in the same league of currency trading, Forex. But I'm going to be LeBron and you're going to be Steph Curry and they're both A-plus players, but they both play the game completely different. And when I explain it to people like that and they understand that it is a process, but the process has a financial reward, they seem to see the vision that I've instilled in them that, look, Forex can make you $100 extra a month. Forex can make you you $1,000 a week. It's really just about the time that you want to put into it to refine your craft. Now, I have built the group and it's called Lifestyle by Design because I want people to come in, learn the skill to the level that they want to, to the level that they want to get to. I don't want them to feel like they need to catch up to me and watch videos and study for 10 hours a day. If I can get you to a point where you can craft your own keys and then drive your own car with this financial tool that I've showed you, then I've done my job. Then the group is successful. Right. And we're also looking to bring on people that are involved in stocks, people that are involved in real estate, people that are involved in options, every other different types of investments. Because like you know, the average millionaire has seven streams of income. Mm-hmm. So through these different tools of the people that I'm going to try to put together in this group, I should be able to come up with options for people to choose which streams and how much time and things like that on their personal level fit them the best to driving their car to their to the life that they want to live. Like everybody goes to sleep and pictures, you know, oh man, I wish that my house was a little bit bigger. Oh man, I wish I drove this car, I had this vacation or had this blah, blah, blah. I'm saying that through certain daily actions and through these tools that we are going to educate people on, we are giving people the keys to drive the car to get there. Right. Yeah. I mean, like you said, and that's important because so many times you hear people talk about Forex and they talk about you can, you too can have a Lamborghini. You too can have, you know, all this. And it's like, that's not the point. The point is that you have to realize and like, you do know Mm -hmm. everyone's idea of success is different, period. And, you know, like I know as a big Gary uh, consumer like me, you've heard him talk about lately how it's like, he's pissed that everyone's talking about you got to be a billionaire or you got to be a millionaire. Yeah. And it's like, why not be happy with like 60 grand a year? It's and, all and yours. Time and exactly. Like, and like enjoy your life, whatever. If you want to play, like Matt Gary says, if you want to smoke pot and play Madden all day, that's fantastic. If that's what makes you happy. Yeah. And then where, and you're right. Like 
there's so, when I bring people into my group, the Lifestyle by Design group, there's so much nonsense, so much clouded judgment in trading where people are flashing fancy cars, flashing fancy watches, flashing, 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 and I call it nonsense. When people join our group, the first thing they see is it says, we are traders first, never forget that. Because I don't want people in my group that are like, I'm going to go rent a fancy watch, take a bunch of Instagram pictures with it, and then try to get a bunch of people to want to know what I'm doing and be in business with me. That's not what I'm about. That's not what mm-hmm. our group is about because we see trading as something that if I want to travel with my family, like my one of my goals is, and I hope my dad doesn't listen to the podcast because then he'll know that it's a surprise, but we'll see if he, then I guess I'll know if he listens to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to take him away for his 60th birthday next December to Africa. So mm-hmm. in order for me to do that, I need to come up with a good amount of capital. Right. The trading is going to allow me to one, come up with the capital and two, while I'm in Africa, make money while I'm there, as long as I have an internet connection, which right. hopefully if I'm not being chased by cheetahs or whatever, then I'll be fine. <laughs> right, right, right. So it, it's really very, very clear for us. And I'm fine being off on our own and not about that kind of lifestyle because that's not, I mean, I don't like fancy watches. I don't like exotic cars. I don't see the point in it. And it's probably never going to be something that I spend my money on. Right. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be successful. Yeah. My show has always been the premise on let me help you find success, whatever that means for you. Yeah. Now it's just and that's, like you said, that's important. Exactly. Yeah, whatever whatever it means to you. It doesn't matter. Exactly. You know, I mean, if someone says, Hey, after a week, I'm good. I, I made an extra, you know, a couple hundred bucks uh, and that's all I really need. All right, cool. Congrats. Awesome. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. You're on your own. Yeah. 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 Drive the car. So you you've had some recent successes uh with your video on on needing a mentor. Yeah. And, you know, let's talk about that. I mean, that's definitely your most viewed video thus far, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think it also, I think listicles are still very much a thing. You know, five reasons why this, you know, three that's reasons cool. why that. Um, but tell me a little bit about that. And then and then uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit to Reckon. Cool. Um, that video was made while I was on vacation. And it was very important to me to make that video after I had... Um, Spent some time with my dad. I was on vacation with him. We went away um, to Florida just for a few days. And I made the video on the last day of the trip, sitting outside on the balcony. And that's probably why I got a lot of views because it had a pretty background. It probably has nothing to do with what I said. No, but uh, it was important to me because after spending four days with him, I learned why he was so important to me. Mm -hmm. Why, like where after four days of literally just screaming questions to him, not really like we had good conversations, but I would always, dad, what do you think about this? Well, why is this going on? You know what I mean? It's still almost like an infant. You know what I mean? Still trying mm-hmm. to consume information from him. It really shed light to me on the fact that mentors are so vital to anyone achieving success at, at some type of rate. Now, I think that there are people like, I, I don't, does Gary really speak about any of his mentors? He says he's kind of done it on his own. Like he didn't have a clear cut mentor. Right. Well, and, yeah, yeah. Talks and, a little, I can talk a little about how his, how his, his upbringing his upbringing, you know, his yes, father. he definitely yeah. speaks on his upbringing. But as far as like a like a figure, like a Grant Cardone kind of figure, he doesn't speak on anything like that. I'm, I'm right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that on you know, of course, being a Gary fan, I it makes you like look internally. Well, is my dad my biggest mentor? Well, what do I talk to my dad about? Yeah, clearly he is my biggest mentor. So there's no reason for me to go anywhere else because that the information he's given me has been so great. I wouldn't be where I am today without my dad. There's so many other people as far as influencers and mentors that I do have, but when it all comes down to it, when a new mentor pops into my life, a possible new mentor, who's the guy that I call to see what he thinks about it? Right. My dad. Yeah. yeah. The OG. Always, the OG. <laughs> back in the yeah. Goes back, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, I mean, and that's, that's true. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that, um, my father sometimes talks about and I, it, you know, it hurts is that, you know, uh, his father passed away 17 years ago now. And, uh, you know, that hurts, you know, and, and my dad, I mean, like I said, he's not the most, um, was not the most vocal and affectionate person, you know, cause that's how he was raised. But, I can I can tell you a few times when like we'd we'd be sitting on the porch, you know, at their house in Jersey and and just be, you know, he'd be smoking a cigar, we'd both be drinking, and he would just tell me, like, and he'd get teary and be like, that was the one thing he missed the most was towards the end, um, you know, my fa- my grandfather unfortunately suffered from Alzheimer's. So it was like he couldn't go to him for advice anymore. He didn't remember who the fuck anybody was. And um and I remember my dad, you know, it says like, uh, it, it hurts, you know, and because and that was that was his go to his entire Absolutely. life, you know, and right. and and I think another thing that's really interesting is like he talks about how he always followed his father to a T, which I kind of did, too. And then he says, uh, but when it came time to make the decision to move our family from Puerto Rico to the States and we were the only ones at the time who were going to do that, mm-hmm. um, you know, my grandfather was like, you're an idiot. Like, what? Well, you're living a good job. All your family's here. All your friends are here. Your whole life's here. Why would you leave all that behind? And, you know, my dad tells him, it's like, I, I just, it's just, I think it's what's best for my family. And I want to give them the best opportunity. And I think that, that, that to do, in order to do that, it would be, um, we'd have to, you know, go to the States and, and take this leap. And, you know, my grandfather very vocally said, well, you're making a huge mistake. And, you know, they just kind of were like, all right, let's agree to disagree. And uh, I think, I don't know, I remember exactly when, but soon after the move, or maybe, I don't even know, months, a year, whatever, um, my grandfather came to visit and, 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 uh, in PA. And I remember he, my dad telling me, he's like, he spent some time with him. And, you know, after a few days, you know, my grandfather went up to him and said, I see it. You know, he's like, yep. I was wrong. You know, yep. you you were right, and and I remember for my dad that was like a big deal. You know, absolutely, because it was really hard to go against someone who you genuinely love, who you genuinely do respect their opinion, and you go to them nine times, ten out of ten, right? And it was just this one time where he was just like, "I sorry, you know," and I'm just going to do my own thing. And you know, when 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 he came over and said, you know, and that this is coming from an old school guy. I mean, you know, fought in Korea, like you know, old yeah, school, absolutely. old school. To say he fucked up and he was wrong, <laughs> that was a, that was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, that to him, I mean, he he still talks about it. You know, what I mean, and and that to me is really important. And I mean, it's you know, like you said, it's uh, it's one thing to respect the people's opinion in your life. But it's entirely another thing to then just literally march to the beat of their drum. And as soon as things start going uh, not the way you want, then where are they at? You know what I mean? Because it's like, hey, well, hold on. I was following what you were doing. And now I'm going on a path I don't really like. Or maybe it's not even working out, period. You know, like, what the fuck? You know? And, and then they go, oh, well, life's life. Okay, well, if life's life and I can be safe and, and, and not take as much risk and still fail... And fuck it, why not do my own thing, take more risk, and have the same amount of risk, but a lot more upside, possible upside. You know what Absolutely. I mean? I think that risk is something that, as as much as I hate to say it, especially because we're just talking about how somber everything is about you know our family life and everything like that, but 
there's definitely a line that I think people in my generation need to understand has to be drawn. Mm-hmm. Like your parents are not going to understand every single, single crazy idea you have. Mm-hmm. That's just life. Old, older people is I'll classify them all, you know, the baby boomer generation, maybe not so much, but definitely the older people, pretty much for, 45, I would say and above right now in 2016 is having a very hard time understanding what some of these startup businesses are even doing. Mm-hmm. When I show my dad some startups, he's like, wait, that's a business. And, and to me, that's very shocking where I understand it as if you think of something, take the risk and create it. And if Mm -hmm. it doesn't work, you fail, you learn something. Great. It works. You created something that's never been created before. And that's the environment that we're living in. Like you hear Gary says all the time, what is this, this right now, this one, two, three, four years of this period that we've been in of the biggest technological shift since, you know, industrial shift really since, what does he say? The, um, the industrial revolution, right? Mm -hmm. It's, and it's so true where everyone's focused on, on completely different things that they've never been focused on before. So to sit there as an older person and not one, not realize it and, and almost be blissfully ignorant to it where some older people, my dad, for example, didn't buy an iPhone and he bought an iPhone 3 when we were already on iPhone 4S or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So like, that's what I'm saying. That, that, that feeling of not needing to be caught up on everything is st- starting to go out the door with all these new ideas, new innovative people taking over their spots. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of my friends have really great ideas and go to their parents and go to their professors and listen to what those people say word for word, you know, letter for letter, and it could be hurting them. And it, yeah. that bothers me a lot. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and we know, we, you know, again, to speak about Jared really fast and reckon, those are the guys that you want to hang out with. Those are the kind of people that you want to associate yourself with because right. those are the guys that respectfully understand that new ideas do work. And while some people might not understand them, if one person gets it, it can that's happen. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's all you need. Yeah, you don't need and, – and that's something that a lot of people also forget. I mean we talk about – I mean the, the, the core business thing. You know, Do you have proof of concept? Do you have a market? You know, all that matters. But sometimes people, people uh, think too big in terms of what open market you're supposed to have. And like you just said, as long as you got one person – that's enough, you know. Absolutely. Like, is, is it enough to uh, make you quit your day job the next day? No, but is it enough to realize that maybe you can grow that into something else? Yeah, for sure. And that should be and that should be enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Plenty. So, like you said, let's chat about you know wrecking a little bit. How you got involved in that? And tell me, what's your take on its future as an entity? Okay, so I was introduced to Reckon from a buddy of mine named Billy Carricker who was friends with Jared Dykus. Um, Jared is a founder of Reckon. And Billy was like, Austin, look at, like, you, I see your YouTube. Well, first, Billy and Jared, like, had a secret meeting about me, I think is what they said. And they, like, <laughs> were talking about my show and what I was doing and how I was getting so many views on, like, my first episode. And they were like, what, what is, what's going on? We got to talk to this guy. And then Billy's like, oh, wait, he's in my chemistry class. <laughs> and he also sits right next to me. Yeah. So then he just sits down one day and we start talking. And he's telling me about Jared and Reckon. Two weeks later, I'm at an event for uh, Quantum Leap, which is was something put on by the guys that are affiliated with Reckon. Quantum Leap is something aligned with more of the Keller Williams side of things. Yeah, real but, estate, yeah. Right, but but when they came to town and they knew that I was there and other people that wanted to learn about Reckon were there, we spoke a lot about Reckon. And I think that 
And I literally tell those guys, if they need anything from me, just call me. I will do anything I can to help that group of people. They have the Reckon Network now on Facebook that if anyone listening is interested in, I'm sure, Jose, you can put them in touch with mm-hmm. the Reckon Network, and so can I, um, which is, you know, it's been great. You're seeing people pop up, like people on Facebook that you would have never known are in your city, and they're doing some big, big things. I've already messaged people in the group like, hey, you're a real estate agent in Philly. I'm not looking for real estate, but I'm looking to connect with like-minded people, people who are innovative and trying to do stuff differently. You want to have lunch? And they're like, hell yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I've been looking for people. I can't find them. <laughs> Jared is really connecting people all over the country just through the internet. And it's not just Jared. I hate to give him all the spotlight because there's guys like John and Brenton and all the other guys that they have over there at Reckon, Cecil and, and Billy and everybody. And Jeff, they're, yeah. Jeff, yep. They're all great. I always forget little Jeff. I love Jeff. <laughs> um, and they're, they're all, they're, they're just like, I've never, I've always, you know, you, you know me pretty well now. I, I'm a very outgoing guy. I don't mind talking to anybody. We spoke for two hours the first time we spoke mm-hmm. and I have no problem talking. But when I hung around those guys, man, it was like, I'm definitely one, not the smartest guy in the room, which is a great thing. But two, I could definitely sit here for six hours and talk to these guys yeah. and like they will get everything that I say. And coming from an environment that I was in at Rowan University, and I'm sure a lot of other college students are in where you feel like you can't find other people that can have like-minded intellectual conversations about things that are actually going on. It was unbelievably refreshing to be introduced to the group. As far as the future of the group, I can't even imagine what's going to happen. One, mm-hmm. because of, it's Jared, and with Jared, everything is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. He he could announce tomorrow that there's a partnership with Coca-Cola, and we could be advertising for Coca-Cola, and, and Reckitt could be generating millions of dollars a year. I, like That guy will not – nothing will surprise me with him. Yeah. But on the side of the growth as far as other people introducing people to the network and growing it person by person, step by step, I, I can't really see it slowing down. Mm-hmm. I can only see it really becoming what they want it to become where, oh, you moved to a new city? Well, look, check the Reckon Network. Maybe there's some good real estate agents in San Francisco since you don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. Or you know Steve just because of the Reckon Network and now Steve's in San Francisco and he can put you in touch with real estate agents. Like It's just going to be really valuable. And the best part is, and it's my favorite part, they're not asking anybody for any money. They're mm-hmm. not asking for anything at all. Just your 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 drive and your passion. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's no, yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah, you said it. I mean, it's uh it's definitely exciting. And I think you missed out. I have to do a better job about like putting these things out there. But I think you would have loved the the NG summit we went to. Uh, I would have last weekend. Y'all should have invited me. I now know. we had it documented. You didn't invite me. I was upset. <laughs> it was crazy. As soon as I put it up there, because like you know what it was? It was one of those things that I came across it like six months ago. Uh-huh. And I put in for press passes and I got approved and then I forgot. Yeah. Quite honestly. Yeah. And then next thing you know, it was like two weeks out and I was like, shit, let me get everything else done and get ready to go there. So that's stress. And then I didn't even realize I never told anybody about it. And then by the time I did, all my friends were like, dude, what the fuck? Like, why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, okay, Dang. so I wasn't the only one that you forgot. No, about. you weren't. You okay, weren't good. The only one. As long as I'm not the only one. Yeah, yeah you weren't the only one. Because literally the only reason I invited Jared was because at the time I knew I was, I actually aged out. So it was actually for entrepreneurs 30 and under. So you aged out? Hey, I'm 32. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Old. I know. And I was literally, with the exception of maybe three people, I kid you not, I was the oldest person in the room. How'd that make you feel? Pretty fucking shitty. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool because like we got to meet like 18, 17 year olds who are literally doing amazing fucking things. Like, oh, man, that like literally game changing uh, products and, and inventions. That I'm sitting there going like, wow, like the, and you're and you're just 17, 18 years, you're still in high school. Like this is fucking insane. You know, all crazy. of them are on the Inc. 30 under 30, the Forbes 30 and 30, wow. half of them on Shark Tank, all this wow. shit. 
Yeah. That's awesome. And I'm like, this is, this is pretty neat. So, uh, so tell me, you know, what are some tips and tricks that you do to stay fresh and creative with, with, uh, with the stuff you're doing now? Yeah. I, I knew you were going to ask me this. So I did give it some thought actually this morning because I think that this was actually, damn, we rip off Gary way too much. But <laughs> this was definitely in a, in a Gary comment. He said that too many people are reading his, reading his posts, watching his videos, reading other entrepreneur books, reading, studying this, that, that, and they're not actually taking any action on right. it. That's really doing everything wrong. That's actually like worse than not even learning about these entrepreneurs and these thought leaders and these influencers because mm-hmm. now you're just like stalling. So I think that's something like to keep myself constantly in a place to take action in, in like a mindset to take action. I try to make every single day, like schedule every single day differently. So the first thing I do is I time block my schedule every single day of the week, even on the weekends. It, like I'm trying to start a business and I'm trying to be, make a million by 23 and I'm trying to do all these things that I know if I don't take steps like time blocking and take steps like prioritizing, I'm not going to achieve the goals I want to achieve. So the first thing I always push on people is time blocking is awesome. It's helped me so much it, because I can time block time for the gym and I have no excuse not to go to the gym at that point because it's fit into the schedule. And then when I'm at the gym, that's giving me time to clear my head, come up with new ideas. So everyone needs to find their own personal, I don't want to say vice, but own personal space almost. And even if that's 20 minutes of you sitting in the dark with your eyes closed, just thinking, or, or maybe not even thinking, just decompressing, whatever it means, some people will read or some people will stand on their head. I don't care what you have to do. It's more about finding what makes you feel comfortable makes puts you in a place of of really the best word is happiness mm-hmm. because when you are in in a happy mindset and you and everything seems to be working for you you're going to make clearer decisions now you might not want to always act on those decisions when you're in a happy mood i never like to make a decision if i'm super happy or super sad you want to make decisions neutrally i think um but great ideas have spawned from me being really really happy and constantly trying to keep myself in an in an, in an uplifting mood um and that also comes from like little things. Like if I call my mom every day, yeah, I might be having a shitty day, but she'll say something funny or something stupid and it'll make me right. laugh. And I'll be like, you know, that helps. Yeah. So it's really, yeah, yeah. it's personal. It's definitely personal. But for me, the gym and time blocking, two big, big things. Mm-hmm. Nice. I mean, and like you said, they're, they're definitely important. And, and like we all know, it's, it's more so than that. It's just finding what works for you. You know, like everyone's different. Um, you know, everyone learns different, everyone reacts differently, different things. So it's like, all right, just, if that doesn't work, keep looking. Try something else. Yeah. Yeah, Figure out what works for you. They, the people, like, that's the problem. If if you're not taking action, you're not even, if you're like, oh, I don't know how to find out what works for me. Go do it. Like, just try something. Like, it's not that complicated. It's either going to work or it's not going to work. And if it doesn't work, you can figure it out what's next. Yeah. yeah, Sitting around trying to read every Tony Robbins book and every, you know, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk book or every, whoever it is books or Alex Morton's new book, whoever it is, whoever's your motivator, you're not going to do anything from that. Yeah. No. And that's something I actually have to tell myself, like, like I, people ask me, Oh, you're huge in Gary Vee. And I said, but I'm really not, you know, and the same thing with yeah. photography, people used to ask me, who, who's your idol? Like, who's your, you know, who, who do you drive yourself to? And I go, honestly, I, I don't really have any. And, mm-hmm. and to some people that they, they think I'm not respecting the craft. It's like, no, I just, I just have enough self-awareness to say, if I do that, then I'm going to start shooting like them and I'm going to be, you know, in uh, just the mode of constantly looking for, you know, uh, a motivation or, or like, you know, inspiration. But how about I just try and be better than I was six months ago? That's about, what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, that's, 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 that's really not, that's 
that. You yeah, it's not it's not fucking that. foreign concept. You know what I mean? Hell like yeah. because to me it's the same thing. Like you said, people ask me, Oh, what about you know, it's Gary V this, Gary V that? And I go, dude, I'm not afraid to say it. I haven't read every single one of his books. Me neither. I haven't I watched read, every single Gary V show. Exactly. Like, I haven't watched every every YouTube video. I haven't watched every keynote. I haven't watched every single post. No. Because, you know, I watch them every once in a while, get motivated, and then I go and actually do shit. Do something. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like, yeah. It, too many people are missing that step. Like, failure is fun. I, I, like, I, so when I got started in the life insurance business, it was 40 to 50 cold calls a day. I would get, like, I would start my day off at 7.30 or 8 o'clock with the first call. Hey, this is Austin Silver from Northwestern Mutual. I started at Northwestern Mutual. Hey, this is Austin Silver from Northwestern Mutual. Oh, fuck off. Hang up the phone. <laughs> at 8 o'clock in the morning. That f- constant failure on a daily basis, get, dialing 50 phone calls, 60 phone calls in a day, not getting a single appointment, that constant failure after like two weeks of it was just like, okay, whatever. I've now internalized that failure is a part of success. Right. There's that. There's this video trending all over Facebook now. Of, it's this guy standing on a mountain and he's saying, you know, push your limits and try new things. It's, it's, it's motivational rah-rah stuff that we all love, right? But he says something that's very, 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 very true. And I never heard it said this way. What he said was, pain and struggle are prerequisites for success. I had never heard it said in that short of a sentence that just understanding pain and struggle are required to be successful. Like you cannot go around it. I was like, damn, that's true. Like, think yeah. about it. Yeah. Every single successful person, Steve Jobs, like my idol, Steve Jobs, was fired from his own company and then asked to come back. Pain and struggle. You think that wasn't painful for him to be kicked out of his own company that he spent his entire being trying to create? But look how successful he ended up being. Right. So understanding that failure is a part of the process, it's always just a process. Like too many people just want handouts. Too many people want it quick. Too many people want it right now. Be patient. Understand that the entire thing is a process. And if you really get that, there's no reason you can fail because you'll just keep going until you succeed. Like if you follow that just blind and dumb, you'll never fail in my opinion. Right, right, right. So tell me now, you know, you, you tell me a little bit about how you, how you kind of, things you do to help uh, spur your stuff and keep you fresh. What's the biggest thing you struggle with? Ooh, the biggest thing I struggle with right now is content generation for my show. Being very specific, that is my biggest weakness. So if anyone mm-hmm. listening wants to hop in and help, I'm always looking to add people to the team. Mm-hmm. But it's really... <clears throat> Just that I'm at a point right now with this new business that I would like, and you know about Forex, clearly. Mm-hmm. I, I want to show people how amazing it can be for people, especially people that have no direction, people in college that are just bouncing between majors like I was. I want to show how amazing it can be as a tool through my show, but I also don't want to come off as flashy, salesy, bullshit, rah-rah nonsense. I have, so I'm, it's very difficult for me right now. And that's me being really honest. Like I have my camera here. You saw, I'm filming some of this. Some of these sound bites might make it into the show, but it's just become very difficult for me. But on a, on a bigger macro level, what's really, really hard is trying to do, trying to multitask. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people say human beings cannot multitask. It's not possible. Like you think you're multitasking, but those are actually two simultaneous tasks that have some type of link that makes them able to be completed at the same time. Right. I'm having a hard time saying, okay, I need to give four, four X seven hours a day. And then I need to give my other trading things three hours a day. And then I need at least an hour and a half for the gym. And then I need, you know, some time to make, 
you know, family time if I want. And I also have studying for school because I still have another year of school. So trying to prioritize all of that, it, it can get difficult as well. But yeah. again, you find ways, right? I don't, yeah. I'm not bitching about it. I'm going to make it happen. I time block. Time block didn't work this week. Well, what do I need to change next week? Like you just fucking try. You don't just sit around and bitch about it. That's really yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it was funny. Like I was the same way in uh, in college and grad school where I was doing you know, uh, a bunch of different things, you know, and people would ask me all the time, like, Hey, you, you spend yourself out too thin or whatever. And it's like, I honestly, yeah, I'm like, I'm fine. Cause like, you know what it was back then I realized I'm a pretty high functioning person. And I liked the fact whenever I got literally, whenever I got my car, it was always to go somewhere else. Like somewhere, it was never yeah. right. And, and, and I was like, that's fine. Cause it was almost like, I, like you said, I don't have time to complain. I don't have time to overthink anything. I just went and did it. And the next thing you know, I'm at, I'm home at the end of the day and I'm like, that's what I'm saying. All right, let's go to bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? And do it all over again. Look, I mean, like I can get real detailed with you right now. Like mm -hmm. I, I, so I live with a roommate and his girlfriend and I love them. Like they're some of my best friends, but, um, sometimes he'll want to play Xbox or he'll want to hang out or he'll, or he'll ask me to hang out and I can't. And, and sometimes my friend, other friends want to go to the bar or they want to go to like my buddy Jake wants to go to the casino this weekend or whatever he want to do. And I can't. But it's not because I don't want to. It's not because I think I'm better than anybody. It's because I understand, one, my priorities, what needs to get done. And two, because, like I said, the, the drive has to be there. But you have to also combine pretty much everything that we've spoken about this whole, you know, 52 minutes we've been on here. That, you know, you don't want to listen to anybody else. Trust yourself. And if yourself is telling you that, okay, if you have goals, you want to be a millionaire by 23, Austin, then don't go spend $500 at the casino. Don't go spend two hours playing Xbox. What could you be doing with that two hours? 10 other things that could be 10 times more valuable to my time because mm -hmm. I'm trying to start a business. I'm trying to make it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I think that, and then it all stems back again into, into taking action. If you're going to sit around and you're going to say, yeah, 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 I'm going to get those emails done today, but I'm going to play Xbox for 35 minutes, which ends up to being three hours. And I'm going to go to the gym, but then on the way home from the gym, I stop at home and, you know, hang out with my mom and dad and we just hang out for a little bit. And as fucked up as that sounds to just hang out with mom and dad as being time consuming, as you get older, you need to prioritize things like that. Right. I, and I get shit from it from every single person, my other bosses at the DJ company. I get shit from my family. I get shit from my friends because no one understands that it's a constant journey it's a process a 24 7 thing it's not just a, a nine to five man you know yeah yeah, yeah. no you said, i like it that way i like it like i'm not mm -hmm. bitching i hope everyone understands that i am not complaining i no. love my life i love being busy i love like you said being a high functioning individual that can carry three or four things at once mm -hmm. i got the dj thing got school got the forex got the video show like i'll take different things i like it that way it keeps right. my days different right it's just but for a lot of people like you said uh again going back to how everyone's different it's just yeah. That's people, people just literally just don't understand it. And that's fine. You know, that's fine. You know, and, and that's the thing a lot of times I struggle with was I tried for a long time not to justify myself, but to at least try and educate them on it. And then I realized it's fucking pointless. Like, yeah, I, no, I, pointless. I, yeah, like, and not even in the sense of like, it was a waste of my time, well, maybe. But I mean, it was more so like, yo, you're taking the words out of my mouth. Yeah, you're yeah. saying it much nicer than I used to say. <laughs> like, I, it's very frustrating though, right. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And, and imagine him, like it, it's just hard. Like imagine in my position where I'm using this camera to try to bring financial advice to people that don't even want it, and mm -hmm. I'm still trying and I'm still trying. But then at some point, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like that's really what it is. If you guys want to spend every like, if like honestly, all of the people in college that have listened to my show and seen my show, if you want to spend every weekend, you know, funneling beers and, and dumping liquor all over yourself and taking like, you know what I mean, doing whatever you want to do. 
I'm going to try to like cut out as many of the profanities that I'm like. No, you're fine. Saying. You can do it. Okay. Like, you know, if you want to fun, butt funnel beers every weekend, that's my but example. Funnel, but butt funnel beers, whatever you got to do. Like, please don't fine. ever just, play. Let's just say this. Please don't ever pour beer straight into your asshole. Don't ever, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> let's, do we, can, we, can we get a disclaimer <laughs> on that at the beginning of the episode? <laughs> butt funneling <laughs> will be spoken <laughs> about, but, yeah. but we don't want you to do that. We don't yeah. have, you know, yeah. but, but like, honestly, like if they want to spend every weekend doing that, whatever it is, I don't care. Yeah. If you want to be doing that kind of stuff, fan fucking tastic. Get out of my way. Right. Just yeah. Get out of my yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that's how at some point that's like I give everybody in my mind a certain a, a certain you have parameters, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially as I'm starting this business where people need one-on-one time with me, they want to learn with me, they want to understand what I'm doing. You know what? If you're going to go and smoke weed 12 hours of the day and then call me on the 13th hour and want three hours of my time when I already put the time in two weeks ago and trained and did a live class that you didn't want to come to because you were at the beach. You can tell this is a very specific example. If you want to do that, <laughs> Fuck that guy. you're not going to get my time. <laughs> right, That's just right, not right. going to happen right. ever. I don't care if we're best fucking friends. If you're my brother, you're not getting that. No yeah. one gets handouts. So if you're not going to work, get out of my way. Yeah. Thank you for actually, thank you for getting out of my way. Yeah, in yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And so, so tell me, I know we got, we got to wrap up and we only Absolutely. got about uh, two, three, three more questions about, um, okay. but tell me what's the biggest risk you've taken in your career thus far? And oh, maybe definitely. Maybe it is quitting that job. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, sure. like, think about it. I was in a position where I had taken a life insurance and health insurance test at, at 19. I was the youngest one in the company. I was on a position to be making half a million a year by 26. And I had a lot of good perks coming in, you know, with trips with the company and, and, and fancy dinners with fancy people and all this other great stuff that most people would yearn for. They would give up anything for, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they wanted me in the city. They wanted me to move in, blah, blah, blah. And like, I am still moving into the city, but not for that reason now. But that was definitely the hardest thing, especially because everyone above me, all of my uh, elders that I have to respect were like, you can't leave that job. You know how many people would want that job? Right. And I'm like, guess what, guys? If you're telling me not to leave that job, then you don't know me because you know if I'm not passionate about it, if I've checked out up here, there's no point in me being there. I'm just average at that yeah. point. And, yeah, I, and yeah, I'm not yeah. going to do something I'm going to be average at. Right. So name your biggest fear creatively. I love this question. Let you put this <laughs> on. I was like thinking about this when I was walking over to get lunch. I think my biggest fear creatively, it's not, all right, actually, no, this is actually an easy one. I don't want to put out wrong information. I'm mm. not scared to. But I'm I'm worried that if I ever say something wrong and that leads someone into taking an incorrect step maybe with their money or with their career, that 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 bothers me. Now I know right. it's going to happen. I'm not scared of people telling me that I'm wrong. If you don't agree with my opinion, that doesn't make you right either. It's mm-hmm. an opinion. If I misspeak, if I misspeak on a fact, on a definition, that's what scares me. That's why I have my dad and my other people who are a part of my show double, triple check my episodes sometimes before I put out really compelling content because I don't want that to happen. I can't, like, my show is not meant to hold you back. My, my show is meant to f- push you further. So I, I cannot put out incorrect information. But if you don't like what I say, like if you don't like my vlog style episodes now, I don't give a shit. I like them. My friends like them. They're funny. Like that's what I'm doing right now. So as far as like judging me for the content, that doesn't, that doesn't fear me. And I thought that that would, that doesn't scare me. And I thought that's what I was going to say is my biggest fear, but it really isn't. It's, it's more about incorrect content. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, and that's why a lot of people do kind of shy away from that kind of thing because it's, 
it's it's a risk that's there. It's very yeah. fucking it's very real. Yeah. So Austin, thank you for taking the time out today, man. It was great chatting again. Oh, it was great we'll, being here, man. I'm so yeah. Happy. We'll definitely have to have to get up soon in Philly and, and grab a drink for sure. Absolutely. Well, a coffee. Um, a coffee. <laughs> but <laughs> and where, also not too much of my time, right? Because my time's not free. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Thirty-seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you're gonna get. Yep. So where can people check out your stuff and learn more about what you do? Yeah, so I'm all over the place. If you actually just Google one word, Austin Silver Now, I checked it this morning just so I could tell you guys this. Mm-hmm. It comes up. It's me. I'm every link up there. As far as direct social media, it's on Facebook at Austin Silver, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Austin Silver Now. Um, Instagram, it's just Austin Silver. And Twitter and Snapchat, it's Austin Silver Now as well. Uh, I'm not really big on any other, I'm big on Periscope. I'm like growing, but again, that's Austin Silver Now. So if you Google it, it'll all come up and, and you know, be right there. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so last but not least, who's someone that you'd like to hear us talk to on the show? Ooh. Yeah. Who should you talk to? Hmm. I can think of, I want to pick someone really good for you. It's like, <laughs> I want you, but, I, but who, who I'm thinking of, like, I want you to grill him really hard. <laughs> like, like you got to give him the, like this, this was an easy one. You didn't serve, you know, hit me too hard with anything. Yeah. I'm thinking it should be, I think the most beneficial to your viewers, cause I'm trying to think not just for you mm-hmm. to get some funny jokes out of it, you know, and get a mm-hmm. kick. Like I know you like to get, right. um, I think for your viewers, whether they agree or disagree with his opinions and beliefs, my boss and my DJ company might be a good person mm-hmm. because he is very opinionated on the way that he runs his business and the way that he likes things to be done. And I think that, that could be beneficial to a lot of people. And he also is 24, 23, and he is a part owner of the DJ company that I work at. Um, he's been there for a long time, so he knows a lot about that industry in particular. And he's also just being, he's hes starting to get involved in some entrepreneurial speaking events that he went to um, Penn State. So he, he was asked to speak there a few weeks ago. So I think that um, he's not as friendly and, and good looking as me, but <laughs> he, could, he could definitely attempt to fill the spot. Okay, great. Can we get a name? Absolutely, Dylan Weissman. Dylan Weissman. Yep. You can find him on my Facebook. You know, he tends to like sometimes post about me. I don't know. Not too much though. Cause he doesn't like to brag about me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great. Well, listen, man, thank you again for taking the time out and, no uh, you know, we'll hopefully see you again soon. Absolutely brother. Thank you. All right, man. Take care. See ya.